Welcome to the Sensitive Souls Podcast, a communal space where the neurodivergent, the sensitive spirit, and the creative can come together and feel safe, seen, and heard. Whether you are spiritual, into personal development, or just need a friend to talk to, you're in the right space. Grab a cup of tea, a cozy blanket, and let's get started. Hi, so before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to set a fair warning that the kind of first half of the episode, you do hear some crunching and ruffling. I'm really sorry. I'm a chronic ass bitch in pain and I'm doing this episode in bed. I am using my proper microphone, but I do have a rather fluffy comforter, so I do apologize for any ruffling or rustling that you do hear. Hopefully the content of this episode overshadows that, so I love you proud of you, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sensitive Souls podcast. I am your host, Jess Palmer, a they-she fairy humanoid, neurodivergent, spicy little fairy of a human, just doing their best to live in this world. And You know, this is a safe space for anyone who resonates with feeling different and struggling sometimes to live in a society that's not built for people like us, highly sensitive folks, neurodivergent, uh, whatever label feels coziest to you and resonates because there's nothing wrong with labels. I think sometimes it gets twisted that like labels are... um, crutches that people hold on to when sure yeah maybe in some regard I could see that being true but I also think in the right context and with the right intention labels can empower people give them a sense of belonging and community especially if they haven't had that in their life so I never want to take that away from somebody and I wouldn't want someone to take that away from me you know so hi welcome I'm caffeinated today with green tea. I love those Dunkin' refreshers, fam. The peach passion fruit. So good. I'm so sad it's gone. Like, they put way too much ice. And I hate being that bitch being like, light ice. Light ice. Like, I, I totally understand. And when I see those people, I'm like, yes, that makes sense. But you also run the risk of... Like, if you do that with a, an iced coffee, light ice, if they're pouring hot-ass coffee over some ice, that's going to make it a warmer coffee. It's almost like a watered-down, little bit cold, lukewarm coffee. And I know that with the green tea that they have, I think it's on tab, so it wouldn't be hot. But I just, I don't know, because then you run the risk of them doing too much green tea or too much of the syrup or the juice, or whatever, and it's just, I feel like when you keep the ice the way it should be, it creates an equal equation, (laughs) and more of a guarantee of a more tasty experience, however, you lose out on getting more volume, because you, okay, you know what, I don't know, I'm just going on a tangent, I'm a little high, I uh, just enjoyed some Gary Payton out of my beautiful glass bong, and it's my day off, 
I'm chilling in bed. I'm feeling kind of in pain, but it's Valentine's Day, so I'm feeling in love. I'm feeling full of love for the people in my life, the people around me. I'm feeling happy that although life is kind of shit in its own way right now, it's also really beautiful. And, you know, today is like my Sunday, Tuesdays, and I start my work week tomorrow. And typically I get like the Sunday scaries, or I think anybody can relate to that, but and who's to say later, I probably will. But as of right now, I'm feeling good, I'm feeling positive, and I'm feeling hopeful that the future is brighter than it has been. And I feel like I've been saying that every single episode. Every episode, it feels like, all right, guys, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. It feels like good things are coming. Good things are coming. And then it's like, shit, 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 shit. <laughs> And even, like, January was a really hard month as well. And I just kind of feel like the springtime, when things are reborn and energy comes back to the northern hemisphere and the sun, I do feel, as always, the life returns. And I think winter, although it can be depressing and make us feel like we're on an endless grind, I feel like that autopilot comes out way more in the winter time because you're not going out as much. You're waking up. Okay, I wake up. I got to get out of bed. I got to feed my cats. I have to go to the bathroom, do all those things. And then I got to, you know, do this and that. And then I got to go to work. And then I come home and then I got to do all these things. And then I go to bed and I do it all over again. Whereas like in the summer, there's more light. There's more daytime. There's more chance to go out for a nature walk, meet up with friends, um, grab a bite to eat somewhere or maybe even go to a healing circle because it's still light out so you feel motivated to go out because it being dark I just want to go home and chill like I'm just like a cozy ass person anyway but definitely in the winter time like I am a hermit and it's definitely difficult to get me out of the house um, this lovely man I've been seeing for the last few months um, we haven't even gone out on like a dinner date because I'm so much someone who enjoys chilling, ordering takeout. Um, <laughs> like I just am a cozy person. Um, I'm a Scorpio. What do you want from me? I love to just chill. But the winter time does put us in that kind of ebb and flow cycle that can become mundane, that can become monotonous and entrapping right and in these periods at least me personally I can become more anxious and more irritable because I feel stagnant but in reflecting today some really valuable lessons and um, realizations I've had this winter time have allowed me to want to plant seeds for my future and be more mindful of certain um, habits and set fiscal goals and take the necessary steps I need to do in order to make those things a reality, but in a way that feels safe and healthy for me. If you're someone who resonates with an all or nothing type of mindset, I'm sure perfectionism can be something you have struggled with. At least I speak for myself in this instance. And if it's relatable, you know, take what resonates and leave the rest. But when it comes to my relationships, when it comes to how I show up at work, 
when it comes to my health, I've always had this drastic all or nothing mentality. And the minute I would fail, you know, in regards to my own unrealistic expectations and standards, I would completely be immobilized and debilitated. You can forget about that dream. You can forget about me wanting to pursue that because I've already failed. So why keep trying? This rigidity has definitely led me to periods of my life of depression and self-deprecation, which in turn would come out in my relationships and, and even like my work area. And I think before, when I first started this healing journey, I was all love and light and positivity and like, yes, positivity and light and love are all so important. But as I've talked about on the show before, you know, honoring your darkness, meeting your shadow with compassion, healing those um, those wounds of yourself are very necessary for integration and healing and moving forward. Um, and I feel like in the beginning when I started my healing journey, I very much was uh, naive, naive, I guess, and would be so restrictive that if I showed any type of trigger or reaction or slipped back into bad habits or thought patterns. I would be so hard on myself, show myself so much, um, I guess, harm. I don't, I don't know. I, but not in like a physical way, but like internally, I would mentally berate myself and spiritually um, harm myself in a sense. Where, whereas I feel like now I'm in a place of neutrality where I'm not only a divine being, right? A divine energy, a divine soul that has lived many lives and has a purpose here on earth, but I am also the human being, Jess Palmer. <laughs> you know, like I I am a person who is diagnosed autistic and ADHD and struggles with anxiety and PTSD, you know? So naturally, I am not going to be able to walk through life purified, quote unquote, right? I, I can't live life without being triggered. I can't live life without experiencing some shadow and some negative emotion. Like a lot of this winter, the past month anyway, January, I was in a very dark place and I definitely allowed that to proje project into my relationships, my job, my health. Um, and really it was just a reflection of my own internal self, my own internal being. And as someone who preaches and educates about self-compassion and self-love, I I did not feel that way last month. I felt very hard on myself. I still feel like I'm coming out of this place of intense shame and guilt. Um, but at the same time, Again, tying it back to winter and, you know, going through the shadow period of, of the year, it's been very insightful. I feel that I've reached a new level of gentleness and compassion with myself. And especially with dealing with my chronic pain, I think really learning to be gentle and loving, even in the moments of severe pain has now shown me that I need to be as equally gentle and loving to the internal pains that I, I may be experiencing. Oof.
and all of a sudden it's so weird like as i'm talking about this i feel i don't know if you if you can pick up this shift but i feel like this energy of like like a warm hug just like a gentle compression of just like a warm hug and oh man why am i getting so emotional in these freaking episodes i promise i'm not pmsing and even if i was that's okay but i just feel and i feel if you're listening to this i know that you have been through some trying times as well but i just want to say that i'm really proud of all of us for being here for persevering through you know these trying times these i don't know the the darkness of winter can be very scary it can be very like i said earlier entrapping almost like you're alice falling down the hole but it's endless and it's dark and it's confusing and it's jarring and it's frustrating and it's cold if you're in any cold climate But I don't know. I just, I feel the grand lesson to what I'm sharing and what I wanted to talk about today is like this idea of having to be perfect, of living in an all or nothing mindset because it's harmful. It's harmful to you. It's harmful to your dreams. Your dreams deserve to be nurtured and loved like you would be because they are an extension of you. So even if your goals or dreams or desires are big, that doesn't mean that it's not obtainable because the idea of perfection, right, especially when we set goals or have dreams is sometimes we can become quite rigid in how we want that to play out and come about and be. We get attached to the outcome. And so I feel that when we have the desire to want to do something, Instead of trying to force a visualization or force this exact replica of what you want to come to pass, I think it's really about setting the intention and doing the small actionable steps that are within your control now that will set you up for success for what it is you want to bring into your life. I think when we get so dead set on the outcome and our perfection and how we achieve that outcome takes away from the magic and the trust and surrender that needs to be put into achieving our dreams and goals, aspirations, etc. Obviously, I think it's important to be realistic. Don't get me wrong. And I think for a long time, and I've been reflecting on this a ton, how I got sucked into the trap of manifesting and, um, you know, that the white privilege spirituality culturally appropriating bullshit that just pisses me the fuck off and has definitely brought me to a place of um, reconsidering a lot of my practices and what I believe. I feel like spiritually, emotionally, mentally, all of the things I've learned the past several years in the wellness and spiritual communities, I've had to really unlearn and reprogram reprogram my beliefs into what feels actual and true to me now and that are my own but that was that's a side tangent I definitely could do a whole episode of like 
yeah, I'm going to do an episode on that. I know a few of you have been talking to me about me wanting to like you wanting me to open up about my experiences as like a wellness business spiritual coach and going through the brainwashing of all that fucking bullshit. And believe me, I will definitely do a proper episode on that. But what I'm saying is during that time, I just had these unrealistic beliefs about manifesting or I don't even like to use that word manifesting. I don't even know how to properly put it into words, but it's like, I just feel, (sighs) yeah, I really don't like to use the word manifesting, to be honest. Um, But that's what I believed and preached that these unrealistic ways to obtain what you want, if you just meditate and visualize your future, visualize yourself living on that island in Hawaii, teaching yoga and blah 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 and you'll have it you'll just magically have it in your lap with no work to do with it (laughs) you know like bitch what like what that's nonsense whereas now I feel like I'm more in the rational logical mind of things like okay having a positive attitude Positive affirmations, visualization, all those things are so beneficial when it comes to setting goals and achieving them. Absolutely. So when I think about that, I think about, okay, what it is that I want. I want to do X, Y, Z. And then I want to think about the steps in which it would take to get to said place. And break those down into even more actionable steps. And I've talked about this in the show before. Like how I personally try to break things down in a way that's achievable and not super overwhelming. Because people with ADHD or struggle who struggle with executive functioning, um, seeing things from A to B to C to D is very, very overwhelming. So you have to break it down in a way that's digestible. I think if you're like, oh, I just want to move to Hawaii and you just visualize and visualize it, like, yeah, that's going to fill you up with good feelings. But I also think, too, at some point, it's going to give you anxiety because you're going to be like, well, how the fuck am I going to do that? So you pair the meditation and visualization with the actionable steps you need to take in order to do the damn thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think mixing that type of belief with a more rational, um, tangible belief system can make it a realistic thing. And alongside of that, the idea of non-attachment, right? Like, I want this thing, but I'm also open to any other possibility or opportunity that would be even better for me than this. But I feel like if you're working towards something with the intention of your highest alignment, that whatever you're led to will be for your highest and best. And that's where my woo-woo spirituality comes in. I do have a trust and a greater sense and a higher power that whatever I'm meant to do in this life, I will be led to. I have free will. I can make my choices. But I pray that I'm led to the choices that are the highest for me, for my highest and best. But I also know that I need to be proactive in the steps that I want to take to achieve the things that I want in life. However, when we have this hardcore attachment to perfectionism and how we want this goal to be and how the steps should look like and how we should be and what we shouldn't be like, 
it will literally leave us feeling paralyzed, stuck, and just not feeling our best about what it is we're going after. And this could therefore instill feelings of, I'm not good enough, I'm not capable, I'm not rich enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not creative enough. Whatever it is, whatever story you tell yourself, when we attach to this idea that we need to be perfect or it's all or nothing when it comes to going after the things that we want or becoming the person we know we're capable of being, it will set us up for failure. And (laughs) this this is going to lead me into a story that I've been sharing recently. Um, It's not random because this story is what led me to think about this topic of perfectionism and showing up in our life as the imperfectly beautiful people that we are. And we're worthy of love even with our imperfections, right? We're worthy of going after our dreams. We're worthy of being the people we know we're worthy of being, all that good stuff. But we are still human, right? And before I tell this story, I need to preface this by saying a few things. This is a story from my childhood. I believe, I want to say I was six, five or six. And it has to do with my my amazing mother. My mother is the most loving, supportive, hysterical person in my life. Literally the most animated, like your best cheerleader. Like if you ever needed a cheerleader, like you you listening to this right now, if you messaged me and said, Palmer, I need someone to adopt me. I need a mom. I will gladly, I will gladly refer my mom to you. (laughs) Like my mom growing up was the mom of like all my friends. I have such a great relationship with my mom. The majority of my life, I'm going to be 30 this year, crazy to say, great relationship. Still could count on probably both my hands, both my hands. So 10 times in total, less than, I would say less than 10 times in my life, my mom and I have fought that I can really think of. And that's because we have such a special bond and we're very intuitive and very connected to each other. And she's an amazing mom, you know, like she does all the things that a mom should do. And, you know, that is truly how the universe and God have blessed me in in this life is by giving me a mom like her, because I truly don't know how I would have gotten through half the things I've been through without her, point blank. But... But, no, I'm just kidding. But, no, yeah, this story, not her finest moment, but a great moment that shows even the most loving, amazing, hysterical, genuine, compassionate, trustworthy, loyal person can be, you know, not the best. (laughs) And this is just, I want to start sharing more of my personal stories with you all because it's fun. It's fun to share the imperfect moments of my life or the moments that show that I'm a human being, you know? And I think it's funny to reflect on certain times in my life that I'm like, oh yeah, that did happen. So, all right, folks, grab a cup of tea, a cozy blanket, and let's get started on story time.
All right, so the year is 1999. I'm six years old, living in Wakefield, Massachusetts at the time with my mom, my dad, and my brother, who's about five and a half years older than me. We lived in the cutest apartment, um, kind of kind of like the ones where it's like a multi-family where they're like stacked on top of each other, not like side by side. And we lived on the second floor apartment. And this apartment was fucking huge. Like this apartment, I mean, I know I was like a little kid, but I lived there from the time I was about like one to I'd say like eight years old. So I lived there for a while. Like a lot of my childhood memories do come from this magical place that I lived. And this apartment was huge. Huge archways, nice hardwood floor, beautiful windows, loved that it was on the second floor, but my fucking room was like a closet, all right? My mom and dad slept like kings, my brother, a prince, (laughs) and I'm in this, like, chilly, cold-ass room, (laughs) walled with windows. Like, this must have been, like, a little sunroom or something. It was tiny, like... I don't even know. I'm not smart enough, I think, to know square footage of things, so I'm not even going to try to go there. But it it was a tiny-ass room. But really cool that it had all those windows. And it wasn't cold. It was properly heated. But definitely my little domain to fuck shit up, you know? And so it was back in the 90s where we had the those huge TVs with, like, the bubble backs. Y'all know what I mean by the bubble backs. Those TVs looked like camels, y'all. Like, if you flipped that TV, like, upside down, that shit would be a motherfucking camel, and you could sit right on that bitch, all right? Like, these things were huge. And I remember my bed was, like, up against the wall, but in the middle, you know what I mean? Like, you could access both sides of the bed. And then, because the room was so fucking small, I could have the bed propped up against the wall, you know, jutted outward. And then at the foot of the bed, I had like a, like a heavy ass drawer, like a two drawer thing, but it was like metal. So it was like really heavy. So like, don't get it twisted. Like this wasn't on like a rickety ass table. And then the huge bubble back fucking TV on top. And I had insomnia as a kid. I mean, I still struggle with insomnia sometimes, but probably from the ages of, I'd say like four to I'd say like 14 maybe like 4 to 14 I struggled with insomnia definitely through grade school was really a hard hard for me to sleep and I get bored you know like I was bored I was just watching tv didn't really know what to do so I was like oh this tv's big as fuck this drawer thingy sturdy as fuck I could climb up on this bitch <laughs> And I climb up. It's like, I'm six years old. Mind you, I probably was only three something feet tall. Maybe. And I'm climbing this thing like it's like Mount Everest. Like, this this TV's huge, y'all. Like, I'm telling you, like, the top of it, the base. <laughs> I can't even say this with a straight face or without laughing because it's hysterical. Like, the top part of the TV was so big that my two little feet could fit on it no problem like no problem and so I'm climbing 
and I'm climbing and I stand up on this bench. <laughs> Fuck, I literally stopped recording to get as many giggles out as possible because I literally can't even when I think about this. So I get to the top and my bed is a prime location for me to jump onto. <laughs> I'm thinking, that's ah, fine. It's a bed. It's squishy. I'm fine. I'm young. I'm resilient. I got this. I jumped. Superman that shit. Landed. Donezo. I probably did a couple rounds of it before I was like, alright, time to go to bed. Went to bed. The next night. Bet I'm climbing up on that motherfucking TV and jumping off it again. I get up do a couple rounds it's almost like when you think of when you go to a public pool with like a diving board and you you know like you go up the ladder jump off swim 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 get up do it again you're all, all having fun it's a good time that's like what i was doing but with my tv onto my bed yeah it was fine it was fine until it wasn't fine and i remember i i remember you know what's so funny is like looking back now is even as a kid i remember remembering this that the minute before it all happened I'm standing there (laughs) I'm standing there and I'm like all right JP this don't feel right like the send-off did not feel stable it did not feel secured I think I was hasty I I just wasn't calculating my (laughs) my jump correctly I jump onto the bed I burst into tears, crying, crying, I'm freaking out, I'm in pain. It's probably like 2 in the morning, I would say, at this point. I don't know time, maybe it was earlier, like 11, like 11 p.m., but I definitely think it was like a 2 a.m. type of situation. My parents come running in, what happened, what happened? And I was like, I hurt my ankle, I hurt my ankle, and they are like, what were you doing? I was quiet. <laughs> What are you doing? Jumped off the TV. Jumped off the TV? The fuck you jumping off the TV for? (laughs) And it's like, just put yourself in that time, right? Like, this is the 90s we're talking about, fam. This is like 1999. All right, I think, I want to say it was like the fall of 1999. I broke my ankle, if I could remember. Because I remember it being kind of like, like foliage you know leaves crunchy ass motherfuckers on the ground type thing and yeah my mom was not impressed she was not happy nor was she impressed and my my dad's like oh like you know i think we need to take her to the hospital she's like she's fine she's like get up come on walk on it stand on it and i remember looking up at her like this bitch wants me to fucking walk on my busted ass ankle right now. I literally can't say this story with like a straight face. Oh my god. I'm like, alright. She wants me to walk on my busted ass ankle. Bet I got this. Take a step, collapse to the ground in pain and tears. And she's like, ah, well, guess you're gonna have to take her to the hospital then. My dad takes me to the hospital don't know how long we're away for and remind you like my mom and I were talking about this story the other day and she was like remember like there weren't cell phones at that time 
I'm like, oh, fuck, like, you're right. There weren't cell phones at that time. Or if there were, you had to be mad fucking rich to get them. And we weren't mad rich, you know? And so she had to, like, wait by the phone in the living room just to hear from my dad. And he would have to use whatever phone, pay phone, nurse's phone, whatever phone at the hospital to let her know what the fuck was up. So he calls her and she's like, oh, you know, it's probably like a sprain. It's probably fine. Probably just bruised it. My dad's like, yeah, so... She's got a nice uh, red cast on. And my mom flipped hysterical, so upset. You know, of course, of course she was upset. You know, she's my mom. She loves me. Like, I'm her pride and joy. But it's so funny to think about, like, how people truly aren't perfect. And we can't expect them to be, especially in, like, um, uncertain or unexpected like uh, circumstances right so it's like I've been dying telling the story because one it's just funny to think about me jumping off my tv and another like for people who know my mom it's so it's such an out-of-pocket moment for her because she is such a and I love you mom um like a mama bear you know what I'm saying like will will wrap her arms and legs around me at market basket the grocery store. Like, we'll, we'll do that. I'm almost 30 and she will do that if I let her. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's who my mom is. Like, filled with endless love. You know, like she reminds me of, like, Mother Mary or some shit. You know, like, always unconditionally there to love you. And that's why, like, if you need a mom, just phone in. All right? Like, send us a, send a picture it's like back in the day when you would be asked to like adopt like a penguin in, in like antarctica and they would send you like a little picture of the penguin and like a little note from the penguin you're like a little kid you're like oh this penguin wrote me a letter you know like <laughs> you know shit like that like just do something like that you know send in a picture send in a little handwritten note why you need a mom you know what what my mom can do for you and I'm sure she will happily oblige um yeah so I mean my mom's looking to adopt if you're looking so <laughs> I love you mom my greatest supporter and my best friend um, but truthfully we are not perfect people and I hope that this story and me sharing a piece of my childhood with you brought a little laughter and joy to your days you're tuning in and listening it truly is a pleasure to connect with you all more in an intimate way like this and it allows me to really implement and reflect on these beliefs that I do have and that I want to share with others that we aren't perfect people and if my mom and I'm sure any parent right like I'm not a parent to human children I have fur children but I think any parent wants to be perfect for their child in the sense that they want to give them love, um, safety, nourishment, uh, friendship, structure, whatever it is, right? And they want to be better than their parents. Like, let's just be real. That's the whole point of being a parent. That's the whole point of bringing your next generation is not like to do better than what your parents did, but yeah, to give your kids more, to show them that there's more out there, to influence a greater generation, and I can imagine there's a ton of fucking pressure with that. As a parent, it's your responsibility to bring in this new generation within your family. And I applaud all of the parents out there. Um, but if my mom 
was like, I need to be a perfect parent all the time, she would have allowed this one moment of imperfection to potentially be more harmful to our relationship or her relationships or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like when we put so much pressure on ourselves to be perfect, we almost set ourselves up for failure and sabotage and more self-deprecation, a lack of self-love. I can only imagine what it's like to be a parent, like I said, and to carry that burden. I know what it's like to be incredibly hard on myself, and I know my mom is one of those people as well. I think when you are those types of people who do pour an endless amount of love into other people, you are hard on yourself because it never feels enough. It never feels like you're giving enough. It never feels like you're loving enough. Loving up on others enough. Inspiring others enough. But when you're having that internal dialogue and when you're having this belief and when you're constantly outpouring and neglecting to pour into yourself, that resentment can brew and fester and that can come into, again, your career, your relationships. And that's, again, how I was feeling last month, this resentment that I felt like I was pouring and pouring and doing so much and not seeing the return on investment that I deserved. I'm like, whoa, 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 palms, like, take a step back. Like, where do you need to set some boundaries, take care of you, not waiting for other people or other circumstances to fill that need for you, and to just say no to others right now and their needs, and to say yes to yours. And I think that's a helpful tool, that when we do fall off the bandwagon, because we will, it's inevitable, um... Just gently reminding ourselves and redirecting. That's where I sort of have found to be helpful for me anyway, is that during the last like month or so when I've been in this harsh, critical place of myself and lashing out at work and in my relationships and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I need to take a step back. Let these people in places know I got to set some boundaries. I got to return to me because obviously I've been neglecting me. And by returning to me, returning to my self-care, returning to the gentleness and the compassion that we all have to show ourselves, I can nurture those goals and aspirations, whether it's something physical like moving or, um, you know, physically like uh, going to yoga three times a week or saving money. Or maybe it's internal like being kinder to yourself, being more patient with yourself, crafting more self-care tools for yourself. Whatever it is, do it with kindness, do it with patience, with the understanding that you will fall off your flow because that is life. And when you're off your flow, that's even a greater time to practice gentleness and compassion and redirection and and nourishment. Your, Your belief in yourself and your ability to achieve things will ebb and flow. You will not always be, I can do it. This is totally obtainable. I'm so excited about this. Especially if you have a dopamine-driven brain, like a lot of neurodivergence do. There are going to be times where you resent yourself, where you resent your goals and aspirations, where you resent the discipline that you need to obtain those things, right? And you will fall off, and that's okay. What matters is getting back on, and I used to be so annoyed when... I would hear podcasters or listen to an audiobook. It's like, it only matters as long as you get back on. Like, okay, bitch. Like, I I get that, but it's hard. Like, when you fall off, especially if you fall off hard, it is so 
difficult to motivate yourself to start again. But start small. Start small and work your way. And I know if you're someone like me, patience is not your best virtue. All right, I get that. But you, ha- but you have to practice patience, surrender, and trust, and non-attachment, and gentleness, and compassion. I'm telling you, these are the things that are going to be so helpful in just being gentle with yourself, but also giving yourself the time and the space to grow and evolve and step into the energy you're trying to bring into your life. Again, whether it's a physical manifestation or internal one, but no one's perfect. We're all deserving of love and compassion and kindness. We're all deserving of believing in ourselves that what we want and what's meant for us will find us and will allow us to, um, and I feel like before that, so let me take a step back, like before we're guided to what we're meant to be at, I don't know if that makes sense, we have to trust that the steps and opportunities necessary for us to take in order to get to that place will present themselves to us. We have to trust that. We can't have it all figured out. It's the perfectionism. It's the holding on that prevents from the evolution of your dreams and desires from happening and from your goals and all that good stuff. So you are so loved. You are so valid in whatever you're going through or feeling right now. And it is Valentine's Day. I hope that if you're tuning in today or anytime you're tuning in, you're showing yourself all the love and kindness that you deserve because you deserve all of it. And now I'm sending you the biggest hug ever in the whole world. And yeah, if you want to connect more, I did change my handle again because ADHD on Instagram at your pal Palmer. I just really liked how that sound your pal Palmer. It's so cute, right? Like so cute. So go follow me there. Let's connect there. I've been doing almost daily polls where I just check in with the community. How's everybody feeling? What's on their plate right now? Things like that. And what's funny is I've been actually losing followers, but gaining gaining momentum within the algorithm, which I find interesting. Um, so yeah, people who don't like mental health and community, that's fine. They can They can kindly leave. That's totally up to them. But I'm grateful to see those who are participating and finding comfort in these daily check-ins. I never share results. It's truly just a place for you to dump and feel seen and heard. So feel free to follow me at your pal Palmer on Instagram and we can connect there. I love you all so much. Thanks for tuning in.